I slept with fate and found a corpse in my arms on awakening. I drank and danced all night with doubt and found her a virgin in the morning. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Alistair Crowley The Beast 666 The Wickedest Man in the World Alistair Crowley was a prophet, magician, sorcerer, a spy, a Freemason, and an inspiration to many artists and occult followers. He spent his life pursuing black magic and the carnal pleasures of the flesh. He traveled the world molding minds to his dark desires, becoming infamous for his sorcery as well as sex magic. However, Crowley's life started vastly different from where it ended. Join me, your host, Joshua, on the very first episode of Myths and Misconceptions to flush out the man behind the magic. Edward Alexander Crowley was born on the 12th of October, 1875, to Edward and Emily Crowley in Royal Leamington Spa in Warwickshire, England. Raised in a wealthy but strict Protestant family known as the Plymouth Brethren, the Plymouth Brethren were very anti-pleasure and interpreted the words of the Bible as the literal truth, especially the book of Revelations, which pervaded Alexander's young mind and theology all the way into his adult life. With his father being a minister, Alexander would accompany him on trips around England to preach the word of God. His father would recite Bible verses at the table every morning, and Alexander grew to adore him, calling his father his hero. But his relationship with his mother was exceedingly difficult. She was stricter than his father, and would eventually start calling him the Beast whenever he would disappoint her. Alexander would continue to refer to himself as the Great Beast 666, long into his adulthood. Tragedy struck Crowley at the age of 11, when his father died of tongue cancer. After that, he began to show signs of rebellion against his family and their teachings. And at age 14, his behavior became disturbing and deviant. During one of Crowley's most deviant episodes, he decided to experiment with the adage that all cats had nine lives. He got a hold of one of the neighborhood cats and proceeded to poison it with arsenic, bludgeon it, hang it, stab it, light it on fire, and throw it out of his bedroom window, all in the name of science. At the age of 16, Crowley then began to have an affair with a housemaid on his mother's bed. It was during this time that he became obsessed with the concept of supreme sin, which to Crowley meant Sin, which is unpardonable, is knowingly and willfully to reject truth, to fear knowledge, lest that knowledge pander not to thy prejudices. In 1895, at the age of 19, Crowley began to study at Trinity College at Cambridge University, where he focused on poetry, mountaineering, and philosophy. While there, he would write about his youthful misadventures his sexual exploits at the local brothel, and his rampant cocaine abuse. 
He was able to publish many of his works while at Trinity College during these free-spirited teenage years. And that's when Crowley began to dabble in arcane mysticism, which would become a lifelong obsession. And he even went so far as to change his name to Alistair due to the sacred numerology of the Kabbalah, noting that the name Alistair was the formula for the most favorable name to become famous. It is here where some people believe he was recruited to the British Intelligence Agency as a spy. And then in 1898, Crowley left Cambridge without receiving a degree and found the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was founded by Dr. William Robert Woodman, William Wynne Westcott, and Samuel Lydell McGregor Mathers. Known more commonly as the Golden Dawn, the Order was a secret society devoted to the study and practice of the occult, metaphysics, and paranormal activities during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. The Order included many famous writers and poets of the time, such as W.B. Yeats, Bram Stoker, Arnold Benet, Robert William Filkin, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Crowley ascended the ranks very quickly, but soon became disillusioned with the Order. He believed that many of the other members were not taking the rituals as seriously as he was, quoting that they were playing at magic as if they were children. In 1899, Crowley left the Golden Dawn and met with the Fraser family to purchase their house in Loch Ness, Scotland, known as the Manor of Bullskin of Avertarf. The Bullskin house was in a secluded part of Loch Ness and gave Crowley the isolation and privacy needed to conduct rituals from the book of sacred magic of Abramelin the Mage, written by Abraham the Worm, sometime between... 1362 and 1458. One ritual that Crowley had attempted was known as the Abramelin Operation, a spell in which the magician must keep their mind and body free of all sin. The spell required Crowley to pray daily at every sunrise and every sunset, and he couldn't consume alcohol, drugs, and he must remain celibate for 18 months. The ritual is meant to invoke one's guardian angel for knowledge and communication. After communing with his guardian angel, he then needed to summon the twelve kings and dukes of hell and bind them to his own mind, allowing him to command them, use their powers for himself, and to remove all negative influences from his life. However, Crowley wasn't able to complete the ritual and left the Bolskin house without dispelling the demons he had summoned. According to the locals at the time, there were many strange things that began to happen, such as a housekeeper's 10-year-old daughter and one-year-old son died abruptly and under very mysterious circumstances. Another employee of Crowley's, a recovering alcoholic, relapsed and attempted to murder his entire family. The legend of the Bolskin house still prevails today with many mysterious deaths still happening to this day. After returning to England and finding the Golden Dawn in tatters, and with no order to tie him down, Crowley went on many expeditions to find the secrets of black magic by using mind-altering drugs like opium, cocaine, and hashish. This is when Crowley met his first disciple, 
Victor Neuberg. Neuberg was seen by Crowley as weak, someone easily corruptible, and someone that he could drag into his obsession with the occult and black magic. Crowley conducted many sadomasochistic acts on Neuberg while they were both in a transcendental meditation. Neuberg would later go on to describe the acts that Crowley would perform on him. Crowley would beat him with a switch of gorse, a small shrub with long thorns, lock him in an isolation room for 10 days, and forced him to help him perform Enochian magic. Crowley forced them to walk through the Sahara Desert for two days without food or water, while consuming large amounts of mind-altering substance. While in the desert, the two attempted to summon Karanzong, demon of dispersions of the abyss. He is known as the embodiment of chaos and disorder. And to invoke this demon would be to eradicate one's ego. With Alistair himself as a conduit, the demon took many forms and ended with Crowley attacking Neuberg. Crowley violently sodomized Neuberg and left him a broken man. Crowley, however, came out of this a changed man. He came to understand the duality of the male and female connection, and how that connection could be used to elevate the power of his dark magics. Crowley and Neuberg returned to England in 1903, where Crowley immediately left Neuberg and went to Paris, where he met Sir Gerald Kelly. This resulted in Alistair Crowley meeting Kelly's sister, Rose Edith Kelly. Rose became infatuated with Crowley and his stories of misadventure, and she found the man fascinating, even though she herself didn't believe in or have any interest in his magic. Within days of meeting, they decided to elope, which saved Rose from an arranged marriage. For their honeymoon, they traveled the world, spending most of their time in Cairo, Egypt. And while in Cairo, Crowley and Rose spent most of their time drinking heavily, smoking peyote and hashish, and sniffing ether. Crowley decided to reinvent himself, going by Prince Hayao Khan, wearing a diamond-studded turban, silk robes, and they would travel around the town in a carriage pulled by two men at all times. Crowley took Rose to the Great Pyramid to perform the Bornless Ritual from the Lesser Keys of Solomon which involves summoning demons from the Goetia. The Goetia is an encyclopedia that ranks 72 listed demons and is a black magic ritual similar to the Abramelin operation, which is meant to evoke the sorcerer's guardian angel and to strengthen their mental resolve. After completing the ritual, Rose began to tell Crowley that she was hearing voices, specifically the voice of the god Horus. Crowley, ever skeptical, challenged her asking her question after question after question. And crazily enough, she answered every one of them correctly while in a trance-like state. This is odd because Rose had no prior knowledge of Egyptian culture or lore beforehand. And slowly, Crowley began to believe her and embrace the entity that was talking through Rose. On April 7th, 1904, with the help of Rose and Horus, Crowley was able to contact his guardian angel, Iwas. Iwas revealed to Crowley that he was to be a prophet of the new religion of Thelema and instructed him to write down everything and compile it into a book that would later become their Bible, the Book of the Law, a religion 
where people have the right to live their lives, regardless of moral or religious boundaries. In July of the following year, Rose and Crowley had their first daughter together, Newit Lilith Crowley. For two years, Crowley, Rose, and Newit traveled across Europe and Asia amassing followers and practicing magic in the name of Thelema. They climbed the Himalayas, though they were forced to cut their trip short after a mutiny, and they were also forced to leave India after shooting two men that were trying to mug them. However, while traveling through the Vietnam, Crowley met an old friend from the Golden Dawn, Elaine Simpson, and shortly after meeting with Elaine, Crowley abandoned his wife and child. Elaine and Crowley would stay in Shanghai, conducting rituals and ceremonies, while Rose and Newitt traveled back to Europe. Crowley stayed in Shanghai until Elaine's husband returned, and then he returned himself to England. Upon his return to England, Crowley learned that his daughter Newitt had contracted typhoid in the Rangoon and died. Crowley, however, was unfazed by the death of his daughter and would blame Rose for Newitt's death. Rose, desperate and defeated by Crowley, would stay with him for the next few years in the Bolskin house, assisting him in his rituals. He would bring home mistresses and force her to watch him sadistically torture them. And sometimes, Crowley would hang Rose by her ankles in the closet while he had sex with all of his mistresses in their bed. It was during this time, in 1907, that Crowley and Rose had their second daughter, Lola Zaza Crowley. Then in 1909, Crowley filed for divorce, due to Rose having an extramarital affair. However, due to Crowley's violence and her own alcohol abuse, she was committed to an asylum in 1911. After Crowley's divorce from Rose, he gave up all interest in his daughter Lola, casting her away to live with her uncle Gerald and his wife Lillian. Crowley, now free of a family life, focused on expanding his religion and his occult practices. He would spend the next few years fighting with other occultists, having sexual affairs with his male and female disciples, and amassing followers under the religion of Thelema. He then wrote his second book for his religion, called The Book of Lies. This book was meant to help people let go of intellectualizing their experiences and open their minds to different levels of reality because they exist beyond the call of nature. Upon reading the Book of Lies, a master Freemason by the name of Theodore Roos made Aleister Crowley the head of the British sect of the Ordu Templi Orientis as a 10th degree Mason. The OTO promised its followers immortality through the use of sex magic, and in 1913, Crowley took the teachings he learned from the OTO and fused it with his own teaching of Thelema, creating the Gnostic Mass. The Gnostic Mass, which is similar in structure to the Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholic Masses, describes an elaborate ritual where the followers take the positions of the Sephiroths on the Tree of Life. This mass requires the altar to face towards Bullskin. There are five members, a priest, a priestess, a deacon, and two acolytes, which of whom are referred to as children. The deacon begins the ceremony by proclaiming the power of the masculine and feminine creation, 
The priest is the embodiment of the chaotic forces of creation, where the priestess is the embodiment of the maternal creating forces. The acolytes offer the priestess to the highest altar and where the goddess of Babylon is evoked. The priest and priestess have intercourse atop the altar, symbolizing the creation of the cosmos. They then take a communion known as cakes of light, made from honey, herbal oil, wine, and the bodily fluids of the priest and the priestess. In 1914, Crowley travels to New York City where he meets Leah Hersig. Leah completely devotes herself to Crowley and to the religion of Thelema. The two start a relationship and preach the word of Thelema across the United States. In 1920, they travel to Sicily, Italy. After collecting money from Crowley's disciples, they buy a small house, which they christen the Abbey of Thelema. While at the Abbey, Crowley delved deeper into dark magic with mass orgies and the consumption of human and animal blood. The Thelemites believed that these acts purified the soul and broke the constraints and boundaries of the physical realm, ultimately reaching enlightenment. In 1923, however, this would all come crashing down, as one of Crowley's disciples died due to dysentery. This was because Crowley started to incorporate human excrement into the light cakes, saying that it was his favorite above all else. The Prime Minister, Benito Mussolini, shut down the Abbey and exiled Crowley and his followers from Italy. While Crowley was traveling back to Britain, Theodore Roos died of a stroke, leaving Crowley as the new leader of the OTO, and he used this opportunity to incorporate his Thelmatic magic into the OTO. In 1924, Crowley leaves for Paris and Leah returns to America, where she continues to teach the Thelmatic order. While in Paris, Crowley meets Pauline Pierce, whom he hired to be his assistant. With his funds exhausted, Crowley moved in with a longtime friend, Frank Harris. While there, Crowley, Pierce, and Harris perform the Babylon working ritual. This ritual is meant to bring the, about the conception of the goddess of Babylon into this reality. Pierce was intended to be the vessel for this child. And after the ritual, Pierce returned home and in 1925 gave birth to Barbara Pierce. Barbara would grow to marry an influential member of the Skull and Bone Society, the CIA director, and the 41st president of the United States, George H.W. Bush. Crowley's influence began to wane in 1926 due to the Abbey incident in Italy, and he moved back to England in 1932. He spent his final years poor alone and addicted to heroin, moving temporarily from home to home until Crowley finally rested in a boarding house in Hastings, England, where he died on December 1st, 1947. Crowley once stated that a thousand years from now, the world will be sitting in his sunset of influence. So, you have to ask yourself, did Crowley's magic have any influence over the real world? Or were many of his magical teachings and rituals just chalked up to happenstance? Coincidence, maybe? I leave you tonight with Crowley's most influential quote. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And with that, viewers, I wish you a good night.